What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Dictations. In this conversation, I actually sit down with my brother Andy talking about medications for type 2 diabetes. He goes into detail for as far as all the different options out there that there are, as well as what they do, um, the, some of his favorites. Uh, it's a really interesting episode. I think the, the theme is that you need to understand uh, the medications that you're on, whether that's for diabetes or something else, and understand what they're doing for you. Uh, so being intentional about your medication use is really important. So anyways, I'm going to let you get to the conversation. Uh, here is my conversation with Andy Rogers on diabetes medications. Welcome everyone to another episode of Dictations. Uh, we're doing a follow-up with my brother, uh, Andy Rogers, who thank you for having me on the show, Ben. He is our newest uh, PA in Johnson City, and uh, man, l- let me first tell you, I'm super pumped you're here. I couldn't be more pumped. If I were more pumped, I'd be floating out of this building like a helium balloon. Am I right? How's it? <laughs> how's it been so far? No, it's been good. I I joke a lot about this too, about oh, I'm coming back to family and. I'm kind of a goofball, but I feel very, very lucky because I feel like we're practicing really good functional medicine, and it's really hard to do that when you're in a corporate system of medicine. So I feel very, very lucky that there's a lot of freedoms. Tell me a little bit about that. I know that's not our uh, not our topic of choice today, but tell me about the experience you had, because I remember talking with you during your rotations, um, you know, and you, and you experienced kind of the you know, the corporate medicine situation, the traditional uh, medical environment. Um, kind of talk us through that, especially we have a, you know, a few PAs and mid-levels and MDs who watch the show. Uh, kind of talk to us about that experience and um, and how that influenced you to come back and, and uh, be at Performance Medicine. Yeah, um, I had a, a very wonderful experience during my rotation, my uh, clinical year at Mercer down in Atlanta. I felt like I got to do any and everything that you can imagine, especially in the mid-level role. Sometimes there's this little bit of a mix of what do you get to do, what do you not get to do, and as a PA student, you are just on the bottom of the totem pole, but I got very, very lucky with the preceptors that I had and the institutions that I got to, got to work with and work for. So I feel very lucky in that regards. Uh, you just learn a lot about of what you can and can't do and, and, and kind of the limitations that you have when you're in an institution. What's on your formulary, what you can write, how long you have to spend with a patient. You really, you don't have a choice in who you see and how often you see them. There's protocols, there's EMRs. Um, especially with like the uses of statins that always stuck out with me uh, because we have very strong opinions about statins of performance medicine. Every patient that came through in my endocrinology rotations on the EMR, if they were not on a statin, it flagged the chart and said, why is this patient not on a statin? So it always just kind of thought like, there wasn't there it was more of a system. And so if that patient, <coughs> excuse me, didn't want to be on a statin, that flag always came up and then it came kind of down on the provider as to why you're not doing it. Or on the, or on the flip side, on, on the flip side <coughs> is that, you know, if the patient didn't want to be on the statin, yeah, but also what if the provider didn't want to put the patient on the statin? Right, right. And, you know, one thing that's been super interesting to me is the, is the partnership um, 
the partnership experience of a patient provider and, yep. at a non-traditional um, cash only type it's, medical practice. It's very different. It's just very different. Yeah. And that's just one eg example. I, d I do feel like with the influx of patients that these uh, providers have to see uh, in order to get reimbursed for visits, um, there's just so many more hoops to jump through. A 15 minute visit could turn into a 30 page note uh, just to make sure that you're putting it in and documenting everything to get reimbursed. There's, there's just way more hoops and I wouldn't have known that if I had not been a part of the family and, and sure. worked in performance medicine prior to coming. So I honestly, what I just thought that's, that would have been the way that medicine worked instead of this alternate way, which is totally one of many reasons why I came back. But, um, I just felt like there'd be a lot more patient interaction, a lot more fruitful pa patient interaction. I'm not saying that any of those institutions are working inefficiently because I just, I think they're great, but we just do it a little differently. Well, and we need them, you know, they're 100% need them. Those, we do like those types of, um, Established establishments, excuse me, they need to exist. We have to, we have to have them. Yeah. One hundred percent. They have capabilities uh, to just for endocrinology because I love endo. It's, they can do thyroid ultrasounds on site. They can do fine needle aspirations. There's a lot of things that are just at their fingertips. So once you refer to them, it's a little bit easier. But and and they're also you know really smart. So I mean, there's pluses and minuses. Just knowing as a mid level with whatever work you do go into, um, just kind of weigh out the, the risks and benefits. Um, starting off as a PA in a practice like this, I'm going to be very slow at the beginning because a lot of this is getting, you're building up your patient list. It's not like you're going to inherit a patient list through referrals at a bigger clinic, if that makes sense. Total sense. So, th yeah. so there's, you just have to weigh out what, what it is you want out of medicine. Yeah. Well, man, um, I don't get very many public opportunities to do this and I'm going to use it right now. Now, but I am so glad you're here. Um, we are we are thankful you're here, man. Ben, yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I know you're glad. I know I'm glad. Keep it in the fam. Olivia behind the cameras is glad too. Olivia, <laughs> Olivia's glad. I'm glad. You're glad. Yeah, man. Well, well you mentioned endo, um, and we did a big piece on diabetes with you and Dr. Rogers. Yes. Um, we've told everyone we're going to do a part two. Part two. Part two and part two, part twos are usually better than part ones. I, I think I think for sure they are. The part two of the pie is always better than the part one of the pie because right. you get used to having the pie. That's and right. Then you get part two. Except except in movies because I'm not sure the yeah. you know I'm not sure Anchorman two was as good as Anchorman one. Uh, you know what? And I beg to differ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was yeah. I know what you're saying. Yes, part two. Diabetes is very complex. It can be very simple and very complex, and there's so much to cover. And even when you go through um, a master's program for PA or MP or through medical schools, there's there's so much to cover because there are so many different types of drugs that go into, especially type 2. Type 1, you need insulin. There's different ways and different routes of administration for it. But really, type 2, there's so many different classes, and there's a variety of ways that it can really become kind of an art as to how the, the provider does it. Well, and, you know, the thing that's fascinating about type 2, and I was, um, as I was watching you and Dr. Roger do the interview last week, what fascinated me was the, you know, the idea that type 2 can be reversed 
and yes, and and that just changes the whole approach. Um, I would think as a provider, but also as a patient. And I think one thing you're doing is helping educate patients that it is reversible and that there and is something. Why? The why is always important, and that went out in the doctor's note. If you don't know why you're doing things, then you're probably not going to do them. So if it's just, hey, you have type 2 diabetes, here's metformin, good luck, I'll see you back in three months, uh, you can get off of it, but we'll see. If that's the only conversation you've had about type 2 diabetes and not the pathophysiology of why it happens, how metformin actually does help, and knowing that there is this reversal process, and the reversal process is is a little bit tricky too. The more medications you add on, the more you have to get off. But a lot of that really is counteracted by what you eat and what you do every day. Diet and exercise sounds so, honestly, it just sounds stupid on, on a surface level. Oh, diet and exercise. Everybody's a diet and exercise. It really, it really works. It, it truly does. And it helps, not only helps your medications work better, but it helps out with your natural insulin levels too. In type 2 diabetes, you have an insulin resistance trait, and then you have insulin resistance because your body is pumping out more insulin. So if you draw an insulin level, it's going to be high. And if you, and that's coming from the foods that we're eating, the natural trait you have and the foods, because insulin is, in res, it's a hormone in response to carbohydrates and the glucose and the carbohydrates. So the more of that you eat, the more insulin you pop out, you're never going to reverse that process unless that insulin level comes down. And the way we do it is by uh, targeting, targeting that with drugs, different drug classes. And I think there's six, six or seven different drug classes with combinations between uh, several of the classes. And we do it by diet and exercise. Exercise is, exercise only helps. One thing you mentioned, uh, and you just mentioned it now, but you uh, talked about it in last week's doctor's note. Um, patients need to understand the medication that they're taking. Can you, can you walk us through some of those drug classes and the sure. reason why because most of our audience is patients, and um, and you know they either know somebody who's diabetic or pre-diabetic, or they are themselves. Um, what can you tell them about the the drugs that a provider like you or like Dr. Rogers would put them on? Um, sure, there. I know it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and look for the doctor's note because I just put a highlight in there of the drug class, some names you may see, how they work, and kind of fun facts about them. Um, metformin is always going to be the first one. It's just the gold standard in care. It's the ADA number one uh, drug that they recommend coming out off of diet and exercise if your A1C is elevated, uh, usually above 6. I believe 5.7 to 6 is prediabetes, and then above that is a type 2 diabetes state. So metformin is a big one. I always put big in caps because it's the big one. It's the big hitter. It's the one you use right off the bat and you try to utilize it to its maximum capacity. Uh, and the way that it works, um, it decreases hepatic glucose production. So you're not making as much glucose in your body from your liver because your liver produces glucagon and glucose. Um, and it also in, uh, enhances uh, how insulin works towards your target cells. So it goes out to where insulin can go out better to where your cells need glucose and help uptake glucose into the cell. Insulin is the lock and key. Insulin literally like can look like a key and it hits the, 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 the keyhole on the cell, turns, and has this cascade that opens up the cell to 
uptake glucose. That's how insulin works naturally in the body and when we put it in. Metformin helps out with that. And the only side effect that people get very upset about is is GI upset. And it does happen if you don't start off in low doses and then increase. Um, in, just You just don't want to double up very quickly on that. And the, so metformin's your big one. The other ones just highlight. So phonyoreas, this has been used forever too. They're cheap as dirt, but I don't think they work well. They, they, do they all do the same thing? Or they? No, they're okay. different. Sophonyoreas so are secretagogues. That means they go to the pancreas, say pancreas, make more insulin no matter how much food you eat or when you eat it, and says pump out more insulin. So I, it I would think that would have a negative effect on the process. Yes. One hundred percent. It's the idea. The good part about it is a they are affordable. So if if with certain patient populations, if they can't get other drugs, and if they need fast uh, glucose uh, reduction with a fast A one C reduction, you're you're going to get to target goal with more insulin out. It just it just exacerbates the process, and it can also burn out your pancreas. Now this is with long term use and high doses. I just don't think that we're at, we're attacking symptoms that way. We're not attacking the cause. The cause is insulin resistance, and you're telling your pancreas to make more insulin. So it's so, so in this functional progressive way of thinking about it, that doesn't that doesn't work. The next one, there's TZDs, which uh, is pioglitazone and rosiglitazone, which is Actos and Avandia. Those aren't used as much anymore because there were some settings of heart failure with one of the drugs. I can't remember. It was taken off the market. That just increases uh, target cell sensitivity to insulin and glucose. There is DPP-4 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists, which work in the incretin drug class. That's the one that I like to use. I love GLP-1 receptor agonists. Those are inject non-insulin injectables. Ozempic, Victoza, Bidurion, Trulicity. Um, they all in tide, liraglutide, exenatide, semaglutide. So that, how that works is it slows gastric emptying. It helps, helps this thing called glucagon-like peptide in your body work better. So it's a receptor agonist, makes it work better. So it improves insulin sensitivity. It decreases uh, your, uh, or increases your satiety. You feel fuller faster by slowing gastric emptying. So you eat less, a side effect is weight loss. If you have a history of pancreatitis or medullary C thyroid uh, cancer, you can't take it, but medullary C thyroid cancer is very rare anyways. Um, I, I think that's one of the, best drugs out there is that cl class. Then there's the last class, I'm talking so much, SGLT2 inhibitors. So those work on the kidneys and those, that's an oral, uh, oral pill and it says kidneys spill out more glucose. That's all it does. It goes to the kidneys, it inhibits this SGLT2 that says, that says hang on to glucose and inhibits it and glucose goes out. So you just pee out excess glucose and you'll have a decrease in your fastings uh, fasting glucose ranges and a decrease in your postprandials as well. And you get a side effect of some have a side effect of weight loss. I like them. Um, there's, that's the only oral drug being uh, studied for type one diabetes, which I think is interesting because it can help, uh, with uh, how much insulin you take on board. Off-label, there are type 1s that do the Victoza Ozempic by Durian route because it helps decrease how much insulin you're putting into your body through an insulin pin or a pump. And then the last step's insulin. You really, you, once you go to insulin, it's kind of like once you pop the fun, don't stop. Once you go to insulin, you can get off of it. It's just much harder because you're using 
you're you're using exogenous insulin instead of your own. So you're relying on another hormone, if that makes sense. This, is that a lot? That no, that, lot. no, that's that's perfect, and I think that's going to really help you know our listeners here. You can always email us if you do have. Qu- yeah. I love answering stuff about like I could talk about it for days. Um, oh yeah, come you know make a comment or send us a message on on Facebook. We're really active there. And the pharmacology or, is interesting. I used to work for Nova Nordisk as yeah. a rep for for Novolog prior to going to PA school, and I just I think the pharmacology of drugs is fascinating and how how those drugs get to market too so it's something i'm genuinely interested and, in. and real quick for the people who are reading the doctor's note every monday um one thing we do pretty much all day monday and tuesday is li- uh reply to emails so uh, a lot of people are replying. ben loves to reply to emails i do i if do you, find, you can go to any copy shop and just be like ben is replying <laughs> So you can do that. That's that's all I'm saying is is you can reply to the doctor's note with a question if you want us to clarify anything. Uh, Andy and Dr. Rogers or um, Kara in Knoxville are super great about um, getting me the information and uh, thus back to you. Um, Would you ever take two of these medications at the same time? Yes. Okay. So there is combinations. Mm -hmm. And what's your, you know, we got to get off here. What's your last piece of advice with all the information you just gave is it just to understand what they're doing? So like make a list of what you're on, understand what that medication is doing. And also I think you know, understanding the end goal, you know, the end goal is to yes. make yourself less insulin resistant. Yes. Yes. Well, the end goal, um, the more glucose that you're producing your body, that insulin is not helping get into the right cells. If you imagine those little glucose particles, like, oh, my blood sugar, you know, we had a patient whose blood sugar is in the 300s or something. I can't remember the same number. He's like, you know, I don't really feel that bad. What, what that number is doing and what glucose is doing, it's like little ninja stars or little spikes. Sugar is hard and it's crystallized and is very jagged and it's running through all of your vessels so what it's doing is it's going to these little micro vessels like in your eyes and your kidneys down to your feet and it's cutting it's literally cutting and causing inflammation all over your body so that's why you're going to have decreased sensitivity to your feet neuropathy that's why you're going to have kidney disease nephropathy retinopathy you'll lose your eyesight from it because you're tearing up the vessels from excess glucose the end goal is to make that process not happen and to reduce the long-term consequences end goal is to get if you have to be on medications and stay on medications medications are not evil but the goal is to try to stop the process before it starts we want to avoid getting to that long long long-term consequence and type 2 diabetes has a a pretty high incidence of those consequences happening. Uh, combination drugs are great too. There's a lot of combos with metformin, metaglip. Um, there's other ones I can't think of right now, but it's normally you want to start off with a combo. You'll start off with metformin, you'll add one, and if it adds one that's in a combo, you just want to make sure that when you add a, a drug that you know that drug is helping. If you add three things at the same time, you may not know what's truly helping out. Right, and, you know, the last thing, you know, Dr. Rogers always says, you know, sometimes you can... Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. That's the end of our recording. We really appreciate you guys being here. Um, Now go out, subscribe, give us a rating. Uh, We really appreciate that. It it helps us be found and it, it means a lot to us. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week.